Act Four of the Parson's Wedding by Thomas Killigrew. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four, Scene One. Enter Wanton, Captain, Careless, and Wild. By all that the longing bride hopes for, which I am not, I am better pleased with this revenge than mine own plot, which takes as I could wish. I have so anointed my high priest with sack, that he would have confuted Baal's priest, and now he does so slumber in his ale, and calls to bed already, swears the sun is set. Faith, wench, her abusing of me made me leave her for the reckoning. Yes, Faith, they have treated her up sea war, lain with her, told and then pawned her. Yes, yes, you are fine things. I wonder women can enjoy you. For me, I expect you worse, and I'm armed for it. Faith, let's send and release her. The jest has gone far enough. As I live, I pity her. Pity her? Hang her and rid the country of her. She's a thing wears out her limbs as fast as her clothes, one that never goes to bed at all, nor sleeps in a whole skin, but is taken to pieces like a motion, as if she were too long. She should be hanged for offering to be a whore. As I live, she's in the right. I peeped once to see what she did before she went to bed. By this light her maids were dissecting her, and when they had done, they brought some of her to bed, and the rest they either pinned or hung up. And so she lay dismembered till morning, in which time her chamber was strewed all over like an anatomy school. And when she travels anywhere, she's transported with as great a care and fear of spoiling as a juggler's motion, when he removes from fair to fair. She is a right broken gamester who, though she lacks wherewithal to play, yet loves to be looking on. Enter Wanton's maid. He is awake and calls for you impatiently. He would fain be in bed. The company is all gone. Are you instructed? Let me alone. I'll warrant you for my part. Farewell, then. You are all ready. Who plays Master Constable? I, I, and Ned Jolly de Sumner. Farewell. Farewell, then. Exit Wanton and Bod. It is a delicate wench. She has excellent flesh and a fine face. By this light we must depose the captain from his reign here. They whisper this. I like her shrewdly. I hate a wench that is all whore and no company. This is a comedy all day and a fair at night. I hope to exalt the parson's horn here. And what think you? Is it not a sweet sin, this lying with another man's wife? Is Dolly come? Wanton, above. No, but he'll be here instantly. Is he a bed? Yes, yes, and he sleeps as if he had been put to bed by his sexton, with dust to dust and ashes to ashes. And we'll wake him with that shall be as terrible to him as the latter day. Let him sleep a while, that he may be fresh, else the jest is spoiled, for it is his sense of his disgrace must work my ends. I'll go home, then, and get supper ready and expect you. Do, our scene lies here. Enter Jolly. Who's there? Jolly? Yes. Are you fitted? Yes. I have got the Blackfriars music. I was fain to stay till the last act. And who do you think I saw there? I know not. Guess. Prithee, I cannot guess. Your aunt and Mistress Pleasant and Trusty Secret. What, ma'am? The lovers only, so close in a box. It will be a match, and there's an end. 
Prithee, let them go to it. What is to us? Let's mind our business now and think on them hereafter. A pox upon them for a couple of stockhounds. Have they killed at last? Why, this is a fool's fortune. It would be long enough ere one that has wit got such a wife. No more of this now. Have you borrowed the watchman's coats? Yes, and bills, beards, and constables, staff and lantern, and let me alone to fit him for the sumner. But when this is done, I expect my fee. A tithe night, at least. Wanton, I will lie with thee for thy roguery. What, are you dumb? You will not refuse me, I hope. Not if I thought you decided it, but I hate to have it decided indifferently, and but so-so done neither when tis done. I hope you will not disgrace my work, will you? Faith, they say, thy pleasure lies in thy tongue, and therefore, though I do not give thee leave to lie with me, yet I give thee as good a thing that will please thee as well. Some such roguery I expected. No, faith, I am serious, and because I will please you both, Master Wilde shall lie here, and you shall have leave to say you do, which will please you as well. Faith, and my part is some pleasure, else I have loved, enjoyed, and told is mistook. Ay, but never to love, seldom enjoy, and always tell. Foh, it stinks and stains worth and sure ditch dirt, and women hate and dread men for it. Why, I, that am a whore professed, cannot see youth digest it, though it be my profit and interest, for to be a private whore in this town starves in the nest like young birds, when the old one's killed. Excellent girl, tis too true. Jolly, your tongue has kept many a woman honest. Fate, tis a truth. This I shall say, you may all better your pleasures by, if you will observe it. I dare say, the fear of telling keeps more women honest than bridewell hemp, and were you wise men and true lovers of liberty, now were the time to bring wenching to that perfection no age could ever have hoped. Now you may sow such seed of pleasure, you may be prayed for hereafter. Now, in this age of zeal and ignorance, would I have you for, in old clothes and demure locks, present a petition to both houses, and say you are men touched in conscience for your share in that wickedness which is known to their worships by the pleasures of adultery, and desire it may be death, and that a law may be passed to that purpose. How the women will pray for you, and that their own charges rear statues in memory of their benefactors. The young and kind would then haunt your chambers, pray and present you, and court a sanguine youth for the sweet sin secured by such a law. None would lose an occasion, nor churlessly oppose kind nature, nor refuse to listen to her summons, when youth and passion calls for those forbidden sweets. When such security as your lives are at stake, who would fear to trust? With this law all oaths and protestations are cancelled. Letters and boards would grow useless too. By instinct the kind will find the kind, and, having one nature, become of one mind. Now we lose an age to observe and know a man's humour, and we dare trust him. But get this law. Then tis, like and enjoy. And whereas now, with expense of time and fortune, you may glean some one mistress among your neighbours' wives, you shall reap women whole armfuls, as in the common field. There is one small town, wise only in this law, and I have heard them say that know it well. There has been but one execution this hundred years, yet the same party searched seven years, and could not find an honest woman in the town. An excellent plot. That's about it. Ink and paper, dear Wanton. We will draw the petition presently. Will Master Jolly consent too? You must not, then, 
as soon as a handsome woman is named, smile and stroke your beard. Tell him that is next to you, you have lain with her. Such a lie is dangerous as a truth, and twere but justice to have thee hanged, for a sin thou never committedst for having defamed so many women. If all those liars were hanged, I believe the scale would weigh down with the guilty. One rogue, hanged for example, would make a thousand kind girls. If you take, it shall be called my law, wanton's law. Then we may go in petticoats again, for women grew imperious, and wore the breeches only to fright the poor cuckolds, and make the fools digest their horns. Are you all ready? Shall I open the door? Yes. I'll expect you at my house. Exit wild one way, and the rest of the company another. We'll come, we'll come. We'll come. come. So knock louder. They knock within, and the parson discovered in his bed, and the bod with him. Who's there? What would you have? Here's his majesty's watch, and master constable's worship must come in. We have a warrant from the lord to search for a delinquent. You come not here. I'll answer your warrant tomorrow. Break open the door. I would you durst. Lord, dear, what shall we do? Why, sweet, I'll warrant you. Art thou not my wife, my rib, bone of my bone? I'll suffer anything ere one hair of thee shall be touched. Hark, they break open the door. They dare not. Why dost thou tremble so? Alas, sweet innocence, how it shakes. Break open the door. I'll complain to the bishop of this insolence. They come, they come, lamb. No matter, sweet. They dare not touch thee. What would you have, Master Constable? You are very rude. He delivers the warrant. Read our warrant, and our business will excuse us. Do you know any such person as you find there? Yes, sir, but not by this name. Such a woman is my wife, and no Linda Brides. We were married today, and I'll justify her my wife the next court day. You have your answer, and may be gone. We must take no notice of such excuses now. If she be your wife, make it appear in court, and she will be delivered unto you. If she be my wife? Sir, I have wedded her and bedded her. What other ceremonies would you have? Be not afraid, sweetheart. Sir, we can do no less than execute our warrant. We are but servants. And, Master Constable, I charge you in the King's name to do your duty. Behold the body of the delinquent. Touch her that dares. I'll put my dagger in him. He takes the dagger. Fear nothing, sweetheart. Master Constable, you'll repent this insolence offered to a man of my coat. Help, my dearest, will you let me be hailed thus? Here they strive to take her out. Villains, what will you do? Murder, rape. Yes, yes, tis likely. I look like a ravisher. Hold him, and we'll do well enough with her. As they go to pull her out of the bed, they discover the bod. When they let him go, he turns to her and holds her in his arms. What have we here, an old woman? Let me go, slaves and murderers! Let him go. Do any of you know this woman? This is not she we looked for. No, rascal, that mistake shall not excuse you. It is old Goodman. What do you call him? 
his wife. Hold the candle and let's see her face. When they hold the candle, she lies in his bosom and his arms about her. She must be as nastily dressed as they can dress her. When he sees her, he falls into a maze and shoves her from him. What have we here? Adultery. Take them both. Here will be new matter. Master Constable, a little argument will persuade you to believe I am grossly abused. Sure, this does not look like a piece that a man would sin to enjoy. Let that then move your pity and care of my reputation. Consider my calling, and do not bring me to a public shame for what you are sure I am not guilty of, but by plot of some villains. Dear, will you disclaim me now? Oh, impudence! Master Constable, do your duty. Take them both away, as you will answer it. Give him his cassock to cover him. They put on his cassock and her coat, and lead them away. Why, gentlemen, whither will you carry me? To the next justice, I think it is Master Wilde. He is newly come from travel. It will be a good way, neighbours, to express our respects to him. No, faith, gentlemen, e'en go the next way to Tyburn, and dispatch the business without ceremony, for you'll utterly disgrace me. This is that damned captain. My wife is abroad too. I fear she is off the plot. Come, away with them. Whither will they lead us, dear? Oh, oh, impudence! Gentlemen, do not lead us together, I beseech you. Come, come, lead them together. No ceremonies. Your faults are both alike. Exuant omnes. Scene two. Enter wanton and wild. You had best brag now, and use me like my lady, what ye call. But if you do, I cannot. Come, ye are fool. I'll be a faithful friend, and make good conditions for thee before thy husband be quit. Wilde sits down with wanton in his lap. You must do it now or never. Hark, hark, I hear them. What's the news? Enter, Captain, Jolly, Watch, Baud, and Parson. We have brought a couple of delinquents before your worship. They have committed a very foul fault. And we have brought the fault along too, that your worship may see it. You will be the better able to judge of the offenders. Ha! What do I see? My wife and Master Justice's lap. What has the poor fellow done? Why, madam, he has been taken in bed with this woman, another man's wife. In bed with her, and do you raise him to punish him? Master Constable, if you would afflict him, command them to lie together again. Is not the man mad? This is fine roguery. I find who rules the roost. Well, to the business. You say he was taken in bed with another man's wife. Yes, and like your worship. Make his mittimus to the hole at Newgate. Sure, I have seen this fellow's face. Friend, have I never seen your face before? If I mistake not, I have seen one very like your ladyship's too. She was a captain's cast whore in the town. I shall have a time to be revenged. How now, sirrah? Are you threatening? Away with him. I'll fetch a stronger watch, sir, and return presently. Do, Master Constable, and give the poor woman something and set her free, for I dare say it was his wickedness. She looks like one that ne'er thought on such a thing. God bless your worship, I am innocent. He never left making love till I consented. 
Enter Captain in his own shape. Oh, miserable, miserable. How now, what's the news here? My honoured friend and master parson, what makes you here at this time of night? Why, I should have thought there's a time to have envied you for your fair bride's embraces. Do you give these favours? Are these your bride laces? It's a new way. Plays with the cord that binds his arms. Is it new to you? How now, Captain? Wanton, is this your plot to endear your husband to you? No, tis thy plot, poor beaten captain, but I shall be revenged. Yes, faith, it was my plot, and I glory in it. To undermine my Machiavel, which so greedily swallowed that sweet bait that had his hook. Tis well. But my anger ends not here. Remember the base language you gave me. Son of a thousand fathers, captain of a tame band, and one that got my living by the Longstaff speeches, for which in thy former treacheries I'll ruin thee, slave. I'll have no more mercy on thee than old women on blind puppies. I'll bring you to your commendations in Latin epistles again, nor leave thee anything to live on. No, not bread. But what thou earnest by raking gentlewomen's names in anagrams. And, Master Justice, if ever you oblige me, stand to me now, that I may procure the whipping of him from the reverend bench. I am undone. I can do nothing but justice. You must excuse me. I shall only make it appear how fit it is to punish this kind of sin in that coat in time and to crush such serpents in the shells. Mercy, oh, mercy. Officers, away with him. They pull him away. No mercy? Yes, upon conditions. There may be some mercy. The parson looks very dejected. And these they are. Let the watch stay in the other room. Exit watch. First, your wife shall have her liberty, and you yours, as she reports of you. And when you bring her with you, you shall be welcome. Then you shall not be jealous. That's another point. That he shall have a cure for. Yes, yes, I'll apply something to his eyes, shall cure him of his doubts. Then you shall ask the captain pardon, and your wife. To him you shall allow half your parsonage to maintain her. The deeds are ready within. If you'll sign them and deliver your wife to our use, she shall discharge you. I submit, sir, but I hope your worship will desire no witness to the use of my wife. The Sumner and the Watch too. I hope your worship will enjoin them silence. You shall not need to fare. I'll have a care of your credit. Call in the watch. Do you know these faces? She discovers them. Ha! Abused. Nay, no flinching. If you do, I betake me to Master Sumner again. And I become severe Master Constable in a trice. No, no, I, I submit. And I hope we are all friends. I'm sure I have the hardest part to forgive. And I, before all this company, promise to forget and forgive thee, and am content to take thee again for my dear and mortal husband. Now you are tame, but you must see you do so no more, and give yourself to be blind when it is not fit for you to see, and practice to be deaf, and learn to sleep in time, and find business to call you away, when gentlemen come that would be private. Why so, now things are as they should be, and when you will obey you shall command— 
But when you would be imperious, then I betake me to my constable's staff till you subscribe. Sedunt at me stoge. And if it be false Latin, parson, you must pardon that too. By this hand I must have my tithe night with thee. Thou art such a wag. Say when. When wilt thou give me leave? Huh? Never. Never? No, never. Do you hear? I am none of them that work for charity. Either resolve to pay, or I kick down all my milk again. What would you have? Give me leave to lie with you. No, indeed. No? No, but rather than quarrel, as I said before, I will give you leave to say you have lain with me. I am of the opinion she owes you nothing now. So, Mistress Wanton, take your husband, and to remove all doubts, this night I'll be at the charge of a wedding supper. This is better than Newgate Hall yet. Brightwell hemp, ground bread, and whipcord. Exuent omnes. Scene three. Enter the widow and Mistress Pleasant, Master Sad, and Master Constant. By my troth, it was a good play. And I'm glad I'm come home, for I'm e'en a weary with this walking. For God's sake, whereabouts does the pleasure of walking lie? I swear I have often sought it till I was weary, and yet I ne'er could find it. What do these halberds at your door? A watch at the widow's door. Halberds? Where? There, at your lodging. Friend, what would those watchmen have? The house is shut up for the sickness this afternoon. The sickness? Yes, forsooth. There's a coachman dead, full of the tokens. Where's the officer? He is gone to seek the lady of the house and some other company that dined here yesterday to bring her in or carry her to the pest house. <gasps> what shall we do, niece? If you please to command our lodging. It will be too much trouble. Let's go to Lovell's. Not I, by my faith. It is scarce for our credits to let her come to us. Why? Is she not? Faith, madam. Her reputation is not good. But what shall we do, then? Dare you adventure to oblige us? Thank you, sir. We'll go to my nephew's at Covent Garden. He may shift among his acquaintance. It was well thought on. The piazza is hard by, too. We'll borrow your coach thither, and we'll send it you back again straight. We'll wait upon you, madam. This accident troubles me. I am heartily sorry for the poor fellow. I am sorry too, but pray, aunt, let us not forget ourselves in our grief. I am not ambitious of a red cross upon the door. Mistress Pleasant is in the right, for if you stay, the officers will put you in. We shall trouble you, sir, for your coach. Exuent omnes. Scene four. Enter. Parson. Captain. Wild. Wanton. Careless and jolly. I am reconciled, and will no longer be an uncharitable churchman. I think this sack is a cooler. What? Does it make you to see your error? Yes, and consider my man of war. Nor will I again dispute his letters of march. Nor call them passes for pirates. I am free. And welcome. Anything but anger is sufferable, and all is jest when you laugh. And I will hug thee. 
for abusing me with thy eyes in their scabbards, but when you rail with drawn eyes, red and naked, threatening a Levite's second revenge to all that touches your concubine, then I betake me to a dark lantern and a constable's staff, and by help of these fathers whom I cite, I prove my text. Women that are kind ought to be free. But, Captain, is it not lawful for us shepherds to reclaim them? A mere mistake, for sin, like the sea, may be turned out, but will never grow less. And though you should drain this mistress' doll, yet the whore will find a place, and perhaps overflow some maid, till then honest. And so you prove the author of a new sin, and the defiler of a pure temple. Therefore, I say, while you live, let the whore alone, till she wears out. No, is it safe to vamp them, as you shall find? Read Ball, the first and the second. No more discourse. Strike up, fiddlers. See who's that knocks. A country dance. When they are merry, singing catches and drinking healths, the widow, Mistress Pleasant, and the two lovers knock at the door. Sir, tis Mistress Pleasant and the two gentlemen that dined there today. My aunt and Mistress Pleasant. What a pox makes them abroad at this time of night? It may be they have been a-wenching. Sir, they were upon alighting out of the coach when I came up. Quickly, Mistress Wanton, you and your husband to bed. There's the key. Master Parson, you know the way to the old chamber, and to it quickly. All is friends now. Sweetheart, we'll steal away. The devil on them. They have spoiled our mirth. Exit Parson. Jack. Get you and your company down the back way into the kitchen, and stay there till we see what this visit means. Exuant fiddlers. Means? What should it mean? Is it nothing but the mischievous nature all honest women are endued with, and naturally given to spoil sport? I wonder what fart blew them hither tonight. Nay, have a little patience, Captain. You and Master Jolly must sit quietly a while within, till we know the cause. It is but deferring our mirth for an hour or so. Sir, here's my lady. Quickly, remove those things there. Captain, step in there. Enter. Widow, pleasant, sad, and constant. Nephew, do you not wonder to see me here at this time of night? I know it is not ordinary. Therefore, I believe tis some design. What is it, Mistress Pleasant? Shall I make one? As I live, sir, pure necessity... Neither mirth nor kindness hath begot this visit. What? Is your coach broke? Faith, nephew, the truth is, the sickness is in my house, and my coachman died since dinner. The sickness? Ay, as I live. We have been walking since the play, and when we came home we found the watch at the door and the house shut up. And a constable gone in search of all those that dined there today with order to furnish us lodgings in the pest house. Are you not afraid to receive us? As I live, the accident troubles me, and I am sorry such a misfortune should beget me this favour, and I could wish myself free from the honour if the cause were removed too. As I live, Master Wilde, I must have been forced to have lain with my servant to-night if you had not received me. If I thought so, I would carry you out in my arms. I am so much Master Constance's friend. But are you more his friend than mine, Master Wilde? No, but I presume by this he has gained so much interest as he would not be very displeasing to you. Oh, your humble servant, sir. 
if i had had a mind to that lodging i had ne'er come hither for when i have a mind to it i'll marry without dispute for i fear nobody so much as a husband and when i can conquer that doubt i'll marry at a minute's warning no dispute now can you furnish us with a couple of beds yes yes and have you e'er a woman in the house my sister's maid is here madam if you resolve to do us this honour you shall find clean linen and your beds quickly ready but where will my nephew and you sir lie to-night oh madam we have acquaintance enough in the town well sir we'll accept this courtesy and when you come into suffolk you shall command my house prithee call bess and bid her bring sheets to make the bed i'll go and fetch in a pallet tis as good a bed as the other and if you will stay the removing we'll set up a bedstead no a pallet pray but what shall we do for night clothes aunt why what are those you bought my sister is not that linen gone yet no faith madam his man forgot it till the carriers were gone last week will that serve yes yes pray do us the favour to let us have it tis but washing of it again nay it will serve discourse no more i'll fetch the bundle and prithee fetch the combs and looking-glasses i bought the other day for other necessaries that want a name the wench shall furnish you with nay but where is she nephew i'll call her if she be not gone to bed it is an ignorant young thing i am to send her to my sisters in the country i have had such a do to put her in the fashion what country is she prithee master wilde let's see her i'll call her down exit wilde madam now we see you are safe we'll kiss your hands and wait upon you to-morrow it must be early then sir for i shall borrow my nephew's coach and be gone betimes into the country to take a little fresh air and prevent the search pray madam be pleased to command ours no sir i humbly thank you my nephews will hold our company your humble servant mistress pleasant your servant madam good night master constant sir you'll excuse us we have nobody here to light you down madam i am here your servant as much as those who wear your livery and this house holds no other we can be civil madam as well as extravagant your humble servant master careless gentlemen if you'll wait on my lady to her chamber then i'll wait upon you down you oblige us sir exuent omnes scene five enter wild captain wanton parson and jolly the plague the plague as i live and all my relation is truth every syllable but mistress wanton now you must play your masterpiece be sure to blush and appear but simple enough and all is well thou wilt pass for as arrant a chambermaid as any in the parish hum new plots let me put on a petticoat and a muffler and also chambermaid it and be so diligent with the clean smock and the chamber pot now would i give all the shoes in my shop to lie with them both let me alone to fit them i can make a scurvy cat say naturally remember i am an essex woman if they ask come come quickly take those sweetmeats bring the great cake and knife and napkins for they have not supped and captain make some lemonade and send it by the boy to my chamber 
And do you hear, Jolly? You must stay till we come, for we must lie with you tonight. We'll stay, but make haste then. And bring our cloaks and swords out with you. I will, I will, but be quiet all. Master Wilde, I hope there is no plot in this. There's no jealousy, Master Parson. Tis all serious upon my life. Come away with us. Exuant Omnes. Scene 6. The tiring room. Curtains drawn, and they discourse. His chamber, two beds, two tables, looking-glasses, night clothes, waistcoats, sweet bags, sweet meats, and wine. Wanton, dressed like a chambermaid. All above, if the scene can be so ordered. Enter, widow and mistress pleasant, wild and careless. The widow and mistress pleasant salute Wanton. Faith, aunt, tis the first time I have had the honour to see you in my house, and as a stranger I must salute you. As I live, nephew, I am ashamed to put you to this trouble. It is an obligation. Mistress Pleasant, I know you have not supped. I pray you, be pleased to taste these sweetmeats. They are of Sal's doing. But I understand not sweetmeats. The wine I'll answer for. And in a word, you are welcome. You are Patrona, and we are slaves. Good rest and a pleasing dream your humble servant wishes you. Good night, nephew. Good night, Master Careless. Good night, Master Careless. Your humble servant, Master Wilde. Exuant, wild, and careless. Ay, ay, here our men have some wit. By this good night, had we lain at my servants, we should have found the laced cap and slippers that have been entailed upon the family these five descents, advanced upon the cupboard's head instead of the plate. They sit down to undress them. They are a couple of the readiest youths, too. How they run and do all things with a thought. I love him for sending his sister's maid. A pretty wench. Pray, let's go to bed. I am weary. You will not go to bed with those windows open. Sweetheart, prithee, shut them and bring me hither. Dost understand me? As I live, tis a great while since I went to the play. It has been one of the longest days. A year of them would be an age. Oh, do you grow weary? You'll break your covenant ere the year go out. The curtains are closed. Prithee, shut the windows, and come pin up my hair. Scene 7 Enter, wild, jolly, careless, captain, parson, and fiddlers, and one with a torch, with their cloaks and their swords pulling them on. Enter wild's man. See, you wait diligently, and let them want nothing they call for. Come, shall we go? Tis very late. But how does Wanton carry it? They saluted her, and Mistress Pleasant swore you might see the country simplicity in her face. A pox upon her, crafty gypsy. Why, art not thou glad to see she can be honest when she will? I'll show you all a trick for her within these few days, or I'll miss my aim. Come. Let's go. They all offer to go. I have a mind to stay till Wanton comes. Stay a little then, for twill not be long ere they be abed. I hear Wanton's voice. Enter Wanton. Are they abed? Yes, and I have so admired you and Master Kellis, and abused the lovers. Well, gentlemen, you are the wits of the time, but I might counsel. Well, they might lie alone this night, but it should go hard if I lay not with one of them within a month. 
were they so taken with their logic all that can be said they said you are the friendliest men the readiest men the handsomest men men that had wit and could tell when to be civil and when to be wild and mistress what's her name the younger asked why master wilde did not go a-booing to some rich hare upon her conscience she said you would speed well well there's a time for all things come let's go they offer to depart take a light good night wanton do you hear do you hear let me speak with you they all come back again what's the business i cannot get hence this night but your good angels hang at your heels and if i can't prevail you shall stay what to do what to do why i'll be hanged if all this company do not guess prithee what should we stay for for the widow and her niece are they worth the watching for a night yes certainly then take my counsel and let me give it out you're married you have new clothes come home this morning and there's that you spoke of i'll fetch from the tailors and here's a parson shall rather give them his living than stay for a license the fiddlers too are ready to salute em but if they refuse which upon my conscience they will as you hope else you are laughed at for missing the widow ned follow my counsel appear at her chamber window in thy shirt and salute all that passes by let me alone to give it out and invite company and provide dinner then when the business is known and i have presented all your friends at court with ribbons she must consent or her honour is lost if you have but the grace to swear it and keep your own counsel by this hand he has reason and i'll undertake the widow it will incense them and precipitate the business which is in a fair way now and if they have wit they must hate us for such a treachery if they have wit they will love you beside if it come to that we two will swear we saw you married and the parson shall be sworn he did it priest will you not swear yes anything what is it captain if this jest could do it yet tis base to gain a wife so poorly she came hither too for sanctuary it would be an uncivil and an unhospitable thing and look as if i had not merit enough to get a wife without stealing her from herself then tis in mine own house the better nay now i think on why came she hither how do you know the plague is there all was well at dinner i'll be hanged if it be not a plot the lovers too whom you abused at dinner are joined with them a trick a mere trick of wit to abuse us and to-morrow when the birds are flown they'll laugh at you and say two country ladies put themselves naked into the hands of three travelled city wits and they durst not lay hold on them a box upon these niceties if they have not some design upon you hang me why did they talk so freely before me else let's but try we are not now to begin to make the world talk nor is it a new thing to them to hear we are mad fellows if you get them are they worth having having yes if you miss them the jest is good prithee ned let me prevail tis but a mad trick if we would how shall we get into the chamber let me alone for that i'll put on my country simplicity and carry in a chamber pot then under pretence of bolting the back door i'll open it and yet i grudge them the sport so honestly for you wenches make the best husbands after you are once married one never sees you i warrant thee wench 
No, faith, I have observed it. They are still the doting's husbands, and then retreat and become justices of the peace, and none so violent upon the bench as they against us poor sinners. Yet I'll do it, for upon my conscience the young gentlewoman will fall upon her back and thank me. Exit Wanton. Away, go then, and leave your fooling, and in the morning, Ned, get in, and plead naked with your hands in the bed. And if they cry, put your lips in their mouth and stop them. Why, look you, you have the authority of the church too. Well, I am now resolved. Go you about your part, and make the report strong. Andy here, be sure you set the cook at work, that if we miss we may have a good dinner and good wine to drink down our grief. Miss, I warrant thee, twill thrive. Exit, Captain. Nay, if I knock not down the widow, geld me, and come out to-morrow complete, uncle, and salute the company with, you are welcome, gentlemen, and good morrow, nephew Ned. Uncle Tom, good morrow, Uncle Tom. Enter Wanton. All's done. The door is open, and there's a still as children's thoughts. Tis time you made you ready, which is to put off your breeches, for tis almost day. And take my counsel. Be sure to offer force enough. The less reason will serve. Especially you, Master Wilde. Do not put the maid to the pain of saying, I. I warrant thee, wench. Let me alone. We'll in and undress us and come again, for we must go in at the back door. I'll meet you. Is the captain gone? Exuant, wild and careless. Yes, yes, he's gone. Come, Master Parson. Let us see the cook in readiness. Where are the fiddlers? What will become of our plot? For the coachman, Master Sad, and his friend, will stink of their jest if this thrive. They've slept all night, and purpose to play all day. When the ribbons and points come from the exchange, pray see the fiddlers have some. The rogues will play so out of tune all day, else they will spoil the dancing if the plot do take. Enter wild and careless in their shirts, with drawers under nightgowns on, and in slippers. Let's see them in the chamber first, and then I shall go with some heart about the business. So, so, creep close and quietly. You know the way. The widow lies in the high bed, and the pallet is next the door. They kneel at the door to go in. She shakes her coats over them. Must we creep? Yes, yes. Down upon your knees always, till you get a woman, and then stand up for the course. Stay. Let me shake my smock over you for luck's sake. Why so? I warrant you I'll thrive. A pox take you! I'll pare your nails when I get you from this place once. Sweetheart, sweetheart, off with your shoes. Ay, with all my heart, there's an old shoe after you. Would I gave all of my shop, the rest were furnished with wives too. Parson, the sun is rising. Go send in the fiddlers, and set the cook on work. Let him chop soundly. I have a tight pick at home. I'll even sacrifice it to the wedding. Exit, Parson. They will find them in good posture. They may take privy marks, if they please, for they said it was so hot they could endure no clothes, and my simplicity was so diligent to lay them naked, and with such twists and turns fastened them to the feet. I'll answer, for they find not to weigh into them in an hour. Enter, Servant and Parson. Why, then? They may pull up their smocks and hide their faces. Master Jolly, there was one without, would speak with you. Who was it? 
It is the lady that talks so well. They say, indeed, she has an excellent tongue. I would she had changed it for a face. Tis she that has been handsome. Who? Not the posters we met at Master Sad's? Yes, the same. Sure she's mad. Prithee, tell her I am gone to bed. I have done as well, sir. I told her Mistress Wanton was here, at which, discreetly being touched with the guilt of her face, she threw out a curse or two, and retreated. Who is this you speak of? I will know who it is. Why, it is she that married the Genoa merchant. They cozened one another. Who? Peg driver, boggle eyes. The same, the same. Why, she is ugly now. Yes, but I have known her by this hand as fine a wench as ever sinned in town or suburbs. When I knew her first, she was the original of all the wainscot chambermaids with brooms and barefoot madams you see sold at Temple Bar and the Exchange. Ah, thou art a devil! How couldst thou find in thy heart to abuse her so? Thou lovest antiques too. The very memory that she had been handsome should have pleaded something. Was handsome signifies nothing to me. But she's a wit, and a wench of an excellent discourse. And as good company as any's in the town. Company? For whom? Leather ears? His Majesty of Newgate Watch? There her story will do well, while they louse themselves. Well, you're curious now, but the time was when you skipped for a kiss. Prithee, parson. No more of wit and was handsome. But let us keep to this text. He kisses wanton and with joy think upon thy little wanton here, that's kind, soft, sweet, and sound. These are epithets for a mistress, nor is there any elegancy in a woman like it. Give me such a naked scene to study night and day. I care not for her tongue, so her face be good. A whore dressed in verse, and set speeches tempts me, no more to that sweet sin, then the statute of whipping can keep me from it. This thing we talked on, which retains nothing but the name of what she was, is not only poetical in her discourse, but her tears and her love, her health, nay her pleasure, were all fictions, and had scarce any live flesh about her till I administered. Indeed, tis time she set out, and gave others leave to play. For a reverend whore is an unseemly sight. Besides, it makes the sin malicious, which is but venial else. Sure, he'll make a case of conscience on't. You should do well, sweetheart, to recommend her case to your brethren, that attend the committee of affection, that they may order her to be sound and young again, for the good of the commonwealth. End of Act 4